Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weimiger and Harav Nissen, where it is an honor and a schuss to have your questions or your comments along the mental health field. We always have three little requests. The first one is that it should be family appropriate for children eight and up because we have them listening. The next request, the second one is that we don't really take parenting questions under the age of eight because, once again, there are skills how to question. It just takes a lot more than just uh, a five- or ten-minute answer. And the last request is to recognize that this is a public forum. means a lot of people listen, and once you ask your question, we will not be removing it. So please just consider before you ask your question, and hatzlacha. So let's go ahead and take your question or your comment. The number is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And again, we look forward to taking your questions and your comments. So, Nissen, do we have anyone on the air right now? Well, till we're going to um, get everything, I guess I would just start off mentioning today is tonight is my grandfather's yard site, my father's father, Rab David, and he is someone that has, as we have from many Yidden, was raised in Europe, born in Europe, and then from about the age of 16, 17, went through the war, went through so many different places, work camps, then when they escaped, went to Israel, and stayed from Shemir Shabbos and built a beautiful, beautiful generations. And there are so many different positive thoughts and memories that I would say that I have of him. But the basic one is that the older I'm getting, the more and more I'm impressed how he was able to just stand up and start from scratch. It's unbelievable. And the Kayach, I'm amazed when I think about that. So on the yard side, I daven for the Amid. My father isn't alive, and he was the only boy, so I daven for the Amid, said Kaddish. And I was just thinking that you know, we 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 do so much, and we hope we do everything right, that our children should continue on the right derech, and we don't know what we teach, what messages they get, what messages they don't get, and we just hope that we do our best. Sometimes we get those questions, or I get people coming over to me, and it, it's just so hard, just so hard, and as parents, we want to do everything right. As grandparents, we want to do things right. And I guess the important part for us to recognize is that we need Siyata Dishmaya, and we just got to do the right steps and not to get caught up into the whole world of what looks better, what doesn't look better. It's the Emunah Pshuta of those that have rebuilt Klal Yisrael is amazing. And that's one little strength that I would like to take. <laughs> Rav Nissen, what do you say? I think that, uh, you know, the pray and everything, it's uh, so... I, I did. You know, I continue that I got some uh, texting here, a uh, phone call basically that how to reach the teenage boy, girl, how to reach to them, and it's it's a very very big question. Basically, first of all, we have, to, in my opinion, have to reach ourselves. Definitely. To you see know, let's take this moment, Rav Nissen, and talk yes. about this. Yes. In the Ated, the Ated newspaper, I write. Uh, a column with several therapists in, uh, in the Ated every week. It's a little like a forum, like the Shidduch forum, the, this forum. So someone has been attacking therapists the last four or five weeks, 
saying that therapists are the ones that separated children from parents. And we responded, it's not that every week in the readers' rights, more and more people are writing. Not, yeah, more and more people are coming forward saying how, one is saying, no matter what a parent does, and they're quoting a Gemara that was in this last week in Kedushan, that even if a mother embarrasses the son, and I just wish people would know that's not halacha, that's like to this, how far, what they do, you're not allowed to go against them. But you don't have to put yourself into the place to get it. There are halachas. You need to speak to a rav, and when there's unhealth, when it's sickness, the person needs to work on themselves. Why am I saying that? Because it's very much, when we're talking about the teenagers, the amount of times that when there are issues with teenagers and with children, there is part of the issue, not saying everything, but there's a part that are the parents' part that we got to work on. I'm not blaming. I'm not saying you're wrong. You can be amazing. But you might be afraid of your, your children in certain places. You might be too strict. And what we need is the balance to be flexible. So many of us just need that balance. Sir of Nissen, what, what do you say about this? When people are sometimes saying, how do we reach the teenagers? It's like you said, we first have to reach ourselves. That's, that's the point, you know, first of all, to reach ourselves, to know what, you know, so many people, uh, I, I see it every day, you know, lecturing and preachers about stuff, and then at the end of the day, they don't do it. You cannot reach any person if you are not amnestic. You can do the best, you know, you will be the best talker in the end of, of the day, as we say, that you have to reach yourself and convince yourself that you are really amnestic. Because I, I, our, our children, our, anyone that's a little bit sensitive and knows what, what is all about life and asking the difficult questions, what the purpose of life, what we're doing here, how we're doing, and the teenagers, this is the, the most questionable. Our teenagers right. want to know. So they have to know all this stuff. You cannot, you cannot hide. And, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't, she doesn't listen to me because she's a teenager. So no. Yes, you have definitely uh, the, the teenage hormones and teenage uh, stuff that uh, we talk about it so many times. But above all, you have to be straight with them. Tell them the truth and don't hide. You know, do it the right way. If you don't know, go to ask a rabbi. Ask a person that's working with teenagers. Don't just say, no, 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 and, and, you know, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot. It's in the end, it's going to blow in the face. That's right. Get guidance. Just guidance. Simple. So, yes. we'll go to... Uh, uh, we'll go to Mrs. R. Okay. Okay. Mrs. R, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. And again, for everyone listening, the number to call up is 718-683-5858. Yes, Mrs. R, you're on with Mordechai. Yeah. Hi. I, want to, I wanted to give a comment. Um, I think it was last week. Um, someone asked um, about um, if we should go to a amateur therapist or a, a non-Jewish therapist. 
And I want to know if I'm allowed to give my experience. I know it's only a, uh, an experience from one individual, but I felt like sure, I Sure, you can give as long as you're clear. Know. Certainly, as long as you're clear, yes. As long as you're saying this was your experience, go right ahead. So where I live, we have this clinic for CBT. Just don't say the name. The just don't say the name of the clinic. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we just don't say names, like, but you can share. Of course, you can share your story. Yeah. So the, there's like residents that are learning to become CBT therapists, so they um, do the the therapy for the patients, and so like this, it doesn't doesn't cost. So, yeah. but they're most of them are non-Jewish. So I was. So you're to referring to one. Clinic. You're referring to a clinic where I just want you to be aware there are two things that you're saying. There are people, when they learn a certain system, but they're licensed therapists and they're learning it, there are people that are sometimes not licensed and they're doing their internships. So could you clarify which one they are? I think they're licensed. I think they're, they're under, like, um, got, like uh, they have superiors uh, um, over them. I think they're licensed. Great. Excellent. So if they're licensed, great. Okay. So I was thinking to, to go to that clinic, and I wasn't sure what I should do. So I called the uh, Raf to ask a question. And he told me as long as they don't start to talk about too many things, then it's fine. If I see they start to talk about things that are not supposed to um, talk, then I should stop. So, okay, so I started to go. And everything went very well, and I had a very good relationship with the, the therapist. She helped me really a lot. Until once she asked me a certain question, that that a non-Jewish person doesn't really understand, and I answered her very honestly. But the next week she comes back and she tells me that she had to um, discuss it. I'm not going to say the question what it was on air, but she had to go and discuss it with her superiors because she wasn't sure if she needs to mix in um, youth protection. So the so her superior told her to come and ask me some more questions to clarify. And then she'll see what to do. So she she asked me some questions. She thought that if she didn't understand me at all, and she said, "Okay, fine. It looks like it's okay, but I, I still have to go back to my superiors." So you know what? She saw that I was so nervous because I, you know, the the word youth protection makes you like so scared. You think you, your your kids are going to be taken away the next day. So she saw I was so scared. So she. Um, so she told me, the minute I, I finish speaking to my superiors, I'm going to call you on the telephone, and I'll tell you, you should be, um, you want me to call you? I said, yeah, for sure, call me, because I won't, uh, I won't be, you know, relaxed. So yeah. that what happened, she, 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 I went home, and the next few days, I was not a mensch. I was like, there was no one to talk to. I was crying. I was like, I knew that I didn't do anything wrong. I really knew. But just the whole thing of... This whole, you know, I I was so like. Um, um, Let me ask you something, just to be clear. What's the difference if it would have been to a from therapist or not a from therapist if the behavior wasn't appropriate or right? Because, uh, because she wasn't Jewish, she didn't understand the Jewish way of life. But let let's uh huh, okay. Let's say you're referring to what? Let's say if your kids are drinking on Purim, 
and it's not correct, so she's thinking it's abuse that you're letting the kids drink? Let's say. I'll, okay. So I'll just explain it to you that when there is a question of abuse or neglect that she had to ask, those usually have nothing to do with our culture or not. means there's an understanding that you do or you don't do it, and she had to find out. Yeah, she came and asked me some questions, and she saw that it wasn't at all like she thought. So afterwards, she saw that she was wrong. But this whole thing messed me up because I was became so nervous and everything. Can I, I can I be a little bit more direct? Yeah. You're when you taking DBT, it's because part of you DBT, gets dysregulated. DBT. Okay? You're learning skills how not to get dysregulated. Yeah. If she had a question if something has to be reported or not, she's doing the right steps. And part of what you're going to learn is how to handle when things don't always go the way we'd like. Now, different situations would make us more concerned. Different stuff would make us less concerned. Everyone would be worried if Hasashom, you're worried that maybe, you know, ACS child services, depending which area you're in, what would do that. Everyone would be concerned. But I want you to realize that what you're saying is because she isn't from, we deal with from people, and anyone that is doing DBT for someone as an issue with regulation, even when they are from, you're still going to be dysregulated. Right. It's CBT, and yeah, it would probably also be, but I'm saying that the from therapist wouldn't wouldn't have gone and and thought the cloud to have a question because she would understood she would have understood the situation. I understand you. Yes. Definitely anyway, it's always better if there's someone fine. let's clarify. Of course it's better if there's someone that culturally understands what's happening. A hundred percent. At the same anyway, time Yeah. Yeah, what's what's the benefits on the other way? What's sometimes the benefit if someone's not so in the culture? You know what it is? They don't get stuck in the belief of I can't. But again, let's not go into it. it there are po- there's always a benefit of someone understands you. And in the culture, the times that we go someone out of doing someone isn't from is either when that person's a top expert in that field, and that's why you're going to them, or like you're saying, they're in a they're in a center where you don't always have enough from therapists there, and so mm-hmm. you're going to go to a therapist that understands a lot, and they will learn. That's how everyone gets there. It's like people always want to go to the top doctor, and they don't want to go to a student. But that's how everyone learns. Right. Probably she learned. And for now on, she's gonna know. But I couldn't continue afterwards with her because I felt like I wasn't going to be honest with her anymore. Now, uh, just hold on. I'll continue your question. I just want to remind the number again. The number to ask your question is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. Now, I wonder if I would have been the supervisor, I would have had several sessions with you and her and teach you actually to remain with her. 
because that's part of so what you got to learn. Who, Allow people to who, make who mistakes. She did something. She doesn't understand the culture, and she's learning. And learn to trust. And learn to realize that if she had a concern to report, she did the right step. A therapist is not there to be your friend. A therapist is there to heal, to help you heal. And to help you heal means we're going to go into painful places. As, as, a, ther- as a therapist, I would have recommended that you stay with her. Yeah, really? Yeah, of course. But I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't want to tell her anything. I was going to continue. But the next time we met, she asked me, she said, she said, Mrs., are you still going to, 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 to like, uh, are you okay to continue after this ordeal we had together? Mm-hmm. So I said, I said to her, I'll be honest with you, but I'm, I, I can't say that I'm going to be the most honest, like, till, like I was till now. So we just right. parted ways in, in, in good, in good terms. So, so if it would be in my center, I would not have done that. I would have told you, learn. Learn from this. Learn to build the trust. Learn relationships. You make mistakes. And you're afraid to open up. That's normal. And learn that the therapist can also make mistakes. And that's what you learn. The concept in therapy is what you learn the lessons in the therapy room. Those are now bridges that you learned how to make and you can do it with others. So let me ask you, in your personal life, when others make a mistake, do you ever trust them again or you shut down? Um, I'm not sure. Right. Let, let's assume you shut down them. and you don't really trust them. Right? What? Let's make the assumption that you don't really trust them. Okay. Now imagine you had this issue with this therapist and you learn how to build a trust. It might even take you five sessions. And you might open up to a therapist and say, I want to discuss this or I want to discuss that, but I don't trust you. And then you'll be discussing. You could trust me. It's only if it's a matter of danger to the children, danger to yourself or to others, that then we need to report. But everything else is okay. What would you say then when you start learning trust? It would have helped me a lot to life. Yeah. So the reason why I'm not telling you this to put doubt, I'm putting this, I'm mentioning this for you and everyone listening, that there may, we therapists make mistakes, people make mistakes, and sometimes people weren't taught how to how to work, build up the relationship, how to repair the relationship. So for anyone listening, if you have a difficulty with a therapist, call them, speak to them. Don't change right away. And if you did, it's no problem. You'll, you'll be with this therapist. I guarantee you he or she will make another mistake. That's called being human. At least you learn now for the next patient. Yes. But now, but let's focus on you. You will learn. Right, yeah. It'll be great for you to learn with the next therapist that when she makes a mistake, don't shut down. Right. Great. Thank you for your question, for the comment, for your story. It's great. Okay, thank you so much. Mordechai. Sure. Yes. 
I want to ju- jump. I know that we spoke about many times about the differences between from Jewish, non-Jewish therapist. Yes, you have uh, many times differences, but as as you know that uh, if working uh, with explan- explanation and stuff like this, I think that uh, it can be uh, a lot of benefit. I know uh, many therapists that come from a different world that really against the religious, but uh, that's why that's why uh, Rabbanim said to try to find a, a one, if any problem, I think that the lady did the, ro- the, the right stuff, you know, that she approached the rabbi and asked him. But uh, it's, as you said it, could, and I understand that in the end, the therapist uh, understood what the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Sure. So. We'll go to Miss. Miss L. Who, who are you going to? Miss L. Miss L. You're on with Mordechai yeah. and her of Nissen. Hi, is it me? Yes, it is you. Yeah, hi. First, I want to thank you for your amazing line. It's over three thank years you. now that I'm listening to it. And I must say, I never, ever got bored of it. It really helped me, and it literally changed my life. So thank you so much. Okay, now to my you're question. so welcome. I have this girl in my class who, through a misunderstanding, she got very hurt. And I haven't spoken to her since then. I actually sent her a message explaining myself. I told her the story, but she didn't accept it. Now, I recently discussed it with my principal, and she told me that for now I should just stop avoiding her and stop ignoring her. I want to know how to go about it. Well, what's your question? Continue asking the ask the principal. How do you just go right back to her? And no, just like how avoid do I start talking? Issue? How do I start talking to her from one minute to the next? Like I haven't spoken to her for two, three weeks. Um, well, two, three weeks is not a big deal. Just place a call. Right after you hang up here, just place the call. Pick up the phone and say, hi, how are you doing? But I think she's still hurt. Well, you see, you're thinking. She'll tell you that. Let's not assume and let's ask. Call. No, because my, my principal told me that I should just act normal like a regular That's classmate. right. So let's try the phone. Watch. I'm going to call you up as if you be that friend. I want to do a role play. Okay, so I'd be that girl? All right, girl? so I'm going to go pick up the phone. I'd be that girl? Yep. Okay, hi. Hi, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Oh, it's so good to speak to you. Like, why Why did you remind yourself like to call me now? Oh, you know we're friends till now. It's just two weeks that I was just busy with other stuff on my head. But how are you doing? What's going on? You know, in well, school, we had this and this happened today. Well, you know, I'm very hurt. Oh, you want to talk about it? Okay, what are you hurt about? The story that happened. What's the story? So let's work out the story. Okay, I should just discuss it with her? Yeah. Okay. How does that sound? If you could just discuss it and just move on. I should tell her everything again. Like, she didn't accept it. She didn't think it's, like, she, didn't, she thought I was just lying. All right, so if you discuss with her, then you can tell us, follows. look, this one story, I tried explaining it. You don't believe my story. Either we go to a third person and we work out this issue, or we just move on and we pretend this story didn't happen. Can we still be friends without the story? Because I have a different part. I have a different view of it. Okay. What do you think she would say to that? 
don't know if she'll respond. If she'll respond, maybe she'll be happy or not. Okay. And then you know you did your best. Okay. Thank you very much. What are you getting? Hold on. I, I'd like to work through. What What did you get? What What are you hearing? That I should call her up and discuss it with her. What would you gain when you do that? <clears throat> that you won't be hurt. That's right. And you won't either be thinking about it. And you opened up an opportunity to work it out. And if she's still like, she still ignores me, like she doesn't want to talk to me. Okay. You did your best. That is unfortunately part of the world. Not always can we have everyone like us. Not always can we have everyone agree with us. Okay. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for the call. And to remind everyone, the number to call up is 718-683-5858, And we'll go to... Arab Nissen, yeah, who we'll do we have next? Miss S. Miss S. Miss S., you're on with Mordechai and Arab Nissen. Hello? Yes, hi, how are you? Um, for, for what is the transitional object used for? Can you say that again? For what is a transitional object for? What is a transitional object? No, when is it used for? I don't know what that is. It's a... It's a it's a security blanket? Is that what you're referring to? Not, not a blanket, but whatever. It could be anything. Good. So let's take out the fancy words. I, again, I guess you sound young, so I don't know if you can share the um, share more your question. But generally, when people use an object, let's use example of a security blanket, no, or sometimes not, people not like. I, I don't, my my therapist gave it to me. Like, it's an object that makes that helps you feel safe. Correct. Yeah, but she gave it to me. That's right. So let's understand. Let's first use the classical example. It would be, let's say, a child. When they're away from their parents or they're sleeping at night, they don't feel safe. They don't have their parents next to them. So sometimes if you hold an object that reminds you of the person as you are transitioning from the safety to the not safety, to sorry, to learning, as you were as you're learning to go transitioning from the safety that you felt because of someone, you're now going to start learning to have the safety within yourself. So that is why when people go to a Levaya and the parent was 90 years old and the child is 65, 70, they're crying. And they're telling you there was something having their parent that they felt a certain love, a certain safety. Even if that parent had Alzheimer's, even if that parent couldn't give them guidance or advice anymore, but knowing that that person's around is a safety and a security. Every step in our life, we, or I should say differently, when we're born, the full security, the full safety that a child gets if the parents are healthy are from the parents. As we get older, we start transitioning to have more and more of the safety and more and more of the security from within ourselves. So some children, or sometimes in life, even adults, they need a transitional object. They need the security and the safety to help them go through the process to find the strength within. 
So let's go back to a kid when they're sleeping in their room and they're a little afraid and they feel they have just the security of their parents. Then if they hold the blanket of their parent or an object of the parent, so now they feel safe. Oh, it's like I have my parent. Now I'm safe in my own room. And after a couple of nights or a couple of weeks with it, they built up the safety on their own, saying, now I don't need that object from my mother. I start feeling safe on my own. How could so you feel um, yourself safe? Say that again? How could you feel safe without the object? Well, eventually, as you get used to it, as you feel safety first through the object, thinking of the protection of the, uh, let's say, if the therapist the one that's safe for you, as you build up that muscle, after a while, you'll realize, I have it on my own. I don't need the other person. That's part of the growth. That's why Hashem made the world. That a kid crawls, then they want to stand, then they want to walk, then they want to run, then they want to hop, then they're going to be jumping, all those so as you start learning to find security in an object, not anymore in the person, you have the object, you're being more on your own. And then after you have that for a couple of days, weeks, or even months, then you build that, and then it goes even more. But I haven't for a long time. Well, then discuss it with the therapist. What can you do to develop more muscles of safety within yourself? I don't know. Okay. You understand that building safety is one of the strongest foundations that a person um, needs to master. Once we learn that, we can go so far in our life. So it can take sometimes months to learn that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Thank you for asking. The number to ask your question is 718-683-5858, And we are really looking forward to taking your questions and your comments. Okay. So again, that? number 718-683-5858, Go to Mrs. M. Okay, we are going to Mrs. M. You're on with Mordechai Nervinissen. Hello, do you hear me? Yes, we hear you. Good evening. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. I have pleasure. a question regarding two callers ahead of you. It's similar to the one, the question of the caller that called previously. Okay. I hear myself double talking. Is this normal? Yes, this is normal. On ours, it doesn't. On on the outside, no one hears that. Within us, there's an echo in the internal okay. system, yes. So anyway, I have a child that's away in yeshiva. And for whatever reason, be it as it may, it's very, very difficult for this child to communicate at home. Meaning, because of his manam and whatever, it's just very difficult for this child to call home and and this child was not very comfortable with texting. So the question is, how do we get this child to be more on the same page? So can I um, offer a question, a suggestion, a question? I know it's going to be a major trigger to everyone listening. I know Rav Nissen is going to tell me that as well. But my question is, what part 
would you say if you would grow within yourself that you could be the master key for him to learn to communicate more? Who says it's a boy? Or her. doesn't matter. Say that again, please. What part of you that if you will change that you can be that master key for him? I'm going to use the word him because it's just easier to pick someone. So if, let's say for him to open up. Let me share with you a little bit more grounded. I'm not. I'm thinking of a case, but it's not a client. It's just with someone has contacted me and tell me, what do I do? It's my son. He's in yeshiva. He only calls Arab Shabbos. And when we speak, it gets contained. It gets okay. contentious. Uh, what's the word? It gets. Um, forgot the word right now. Uh, it gets, um, yeah, they're sort of fighting. So I just asked her to do the mother to do a role play with me. And the role play was as follows: Hi, how are you doing? Very good. Did you make it to Shachris every day? Um, no, I missed two days. Well, you know how important it is to go to Shachris. Well, and right away she home. was giving him lectures. Yeah, Which to teenage to boys, that's not the way you would want to make a connection to teenagers. So no, what we just did with a little this, role play this, on just how to be... This, tra- this child is struggling within themselves. So Yes, but notice, hold on, uh, let's stop. You're so focused <laughs> No, this on child that. doesn't call anybody. It, it's not just that it's not me, you understand? She just, from now, people that live in our done, community, she stopped calling them as now? well. For you, you will change. What does this child need now of you? And maybe it's that you shouldn't call. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's now they just need a gift or two. Maybe they need a card. Just saying, uh, let's we can write a card. You don't have to text or speak. Let's just write. Here, you can already send uh, envelopes with stamps on it. Here's the paper, stationery. I'll write you. You write me. Uh, that and ain't going to happen with a teenager, especially with high school and hey, college credit. Hey, 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 hey. That is so not going to happen with a, with a teenager. I think, I think, I think that Rabbi Mordechai give you some ideas. Listen, uh, I, I did so, this with wait, her. No, I did, did this with this child in camp. She did not want to write me. Listen, I gave her pre-stamped envelopes, nothing cooking. Didn't write the whole summer. Can we summer. try... Uh, Mrs. M, I want to go back to my original question. What okay. do you need to change in order to help build the communication with this teenage girl? The question is on you, not on her. If I knew that, then, then we wouldn't have this problem. Then that's what we go to therapy. So everyone listening, please know that what I'm to- telling Mrs. M is what we do in our center. We have a policy. Anyone coming to our center and the child is under 15, one of the parents must be in therapy also, not together with them, separate, because we find parents are the master key. She's not under 15. And we have the power to sometimes, when we change, to affect our children. So sometimes when I get the cases with the teens at risk, I will work with the parents for four or five months. They usually, if the kids are over there, both parents usually, for four or five months before we see the child because not that we're blaming the parents, not at all. But there's a different set of skills and triggers that we get that is also affecting the dynamics with the children. I want to clarify, we are not attacking the parents. 
The parents can be amazing let with ask, almost all their let children, ask, just let me, one let me child. Sh- let me shift the we question need to change our inner dynamics. What? What, happens, what happens if there's been a tragedy in the family? And therefore what? So we heal it. We work on it. No, 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 no. Meaning that's the reason why the child doesn't want to talk, because there's been a tragedy in the family. Many families have tragedies, and the children still speak. I understand that. But some children have it more difficult than others to, to come forward, so to speak. Watch. What, I'm going to shoot another answer. And again, for everyone listening, please don't take it gently. But I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, deal with a tragedy and they shut down, you'll find one of the parents shut down when they deal with tragedy. And the, and the child might be similar to that parent. We're not, they have the A in the nature, and B, they also saw the modeling, how that parent shuts down. And therefore, in therapy, in therapy, when you teach that parent how to open up and how to face that, we see changes in the children. It could now be modeled to a child that's similar to our weakness how you could open up. So again, my opinion, this is my opinion, people can disagree. When there is an issue with the child and the child is not talking or more severe issues, I believe then both parents need to be in therapy months facing their issue. Not how do I work on my child. We don't talk about the child. We talk about how are you in other areas of your life. How are you with your friends? Where are areas that you're stressed? Where are areas that you're being controlled? Do you feel tight? Do you feel sad? We focus on your difficulties, not on the child. And then when you face your difficulties, you have to face those issues. And all of a sudden, you're changing. Somehow, the environment in the house changes, and these children are more than willing to change. We yeah, get the these child messages doesn't all live the at time. Home. The child is out of town yeshiva. We see this when parents are 60 years old. Their married children and their grandchildren change just by them changing. Yeah, but the kid's not home. I, I, I don't think we're getting through. Let me explain it to you a little bit clearer. By you changing, I understand it that. will change the entire environment if you never speak to them. And the other way is as well. But how when is that child going to know that if that child is not in the state even? This they is could be out to... of the country. Let me, let, me share with you. You know, let me share with you an interesting story. And But I... I, I let me ask you, instead of me spending all this time talking, yes. and I don't enjoy lecturing, so I enjoy when I feel I'm making a change, <clears throat> would you consider really starting therapy, talking about anything but your child that doesn't want to talk to you? It's not productive. Oy, it's not productive oy, oy. for you to be in therapy to talk about your... No, 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 it's not productive your, to talk places? about a child that's not going to... To listen, that's what I'm saying. Do you realize? Yes. All right, let, let me be more direct. More, by the way, you're okay with me continuing like this? I'm, I hear you, yes. Okay, good. So I got your permission to continue. How many other places do you have people telling you that they find that you're, that you're not hearing them? That you might be opinionated? Definitely. Okay. 
Now, what would happen if if you're going to work on that issue with some friends and other people, not with this child? What will change in your life when you're able to see others' perceptions? A lot. Now, what would happen if you go for a year of therapy, let's say, and you learn how to master this to listen, and then after a year, your daughter or your son, whoever it will be, that's a year in another country even, Right. Places a call once and goes, hi, Ma, how are you? And now you are so different because you had a year to master, to listen, and to be more flexible. Do you know what that child will say? Wow, I just had such a wonderful conversation. You're so easygoing. And do you know what will happen? The next call will say, you know what, I want to call you earlier. It might even be three months to the next call. Because their message was, maybe she was just so gentle one time, but she's not really this way. And then they make another call, and then they see that. And meanwhile, you're still going to therapy, and you're learning how – not learning. You're mastering now relationships. Mm-hmm. So this is what happens when we face our demons. I go for therapy every single week, every single week. Many times, and I pay the therapist. Many times it's about clients or things that are that are overwhelming or difficult or balancing or sometimes where I feel bad about. And many times, or most of the time, it's actually about my personal issues in my life. And when I can grow and change in my life, so many places all around change and shift. So just before we continue, the number to call up is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Harav Nissen, what do you say to this? Because I, I would like this woman, but especially everyone listening, yes. to get uh, the message that we change ourselves. and A hundred percent. We model. We model for our what? children. They learn from example. Exactly. I understand that. I just... Even it's, if the child was, does not see you or know you, you changing, they will start getting messages. They'll start hearing it. There'll be that one interaction, and that will change. I understand. Listen, what what do I, you say? I, 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 I said, no, that's, that's to say that I'm, I understand it is very easy to say. To apply, it's very difficult. I know a person. hundred percent. I, I know a person. I know a person that has the same issue with this, you know, and they lived... One in Israel and one here, okay. And every conversation with uh, the the mother was uh, really crazy. And the person decided, you know, I'm going to to therapist, and I'm going to learn how to bring my mother down, meaning that to to eye level and talking with her. And yeah, she did the effort, and it changed a lot. It didn't come in an argument, and this is was the opposite. And it, we are not talking about only teenagers. We're talking about any person. Don't, nobody like to be tell what to do or not. I don't think that it's a teenager especially, but I don't think any person don't like to be opinionated and tell oh, you don't do it like this, and you don't do this, and don't do it, and go to volunteer, and go to here. No, I'm sorry to tell you. This is not a parent, you know. Even a friend don't cannot accept this. A friend, a friend cannot be a friend. And I would say, I, I would, I would ask a per- very person, how many friends you have, how many friends you fr- your children has, and this is very, very important to understand. I'm not talking about friends on Facebook, 
or on no, social media, on a social media that everybody right. has millions. I'm talking about so again, real friends that you, can tell you. Everyone, what Rav Nissen's doing is that's right. A friend that this can tell you the truth and the and eyes level, and you will accept it. Right. So what we need to do is that we got to face what's going on in our lives, and that's where 100%. the power comes. A hundred percent. I didn't say not. Right. Good. So we're I didn't on the say same not. Page. I just wanted more tools how to deal with the situation. Right. But here's where I don't give people tools the first several months because it's not necessarily tools that's the issue. It's the complete inner shift that needs to go. Right. So first work on the inner shift, then we work on the tools. First work on other relationships and get tools for other relationships, then it works, then it, then it shifts to us. I understand that. Sure. I understand Excellent. that. But, you know, before, before you, you can't take back words. That's all I'm going to say. What? You can't take back words, and you have to be very careful what you say. Forget about your children. To anybody that you talk to, you have to be careful. Yeah. Hundred percent. But and again, you can when we're hurt when we're anybody in the, in the split second, you have to be very careful what comes out of your mouth. Right, but it no. almost sounds scary. Like we could make mistakes. A hundred percent. We're human beings. That's right. It's just when to we make work mistakes, on ourselves, then we it's make to be human beings. Yes. We're not made out of glass. Well, we're not going to crack. And we're not made out of ceramic. If something falls on us, we're not going to go into a gazillion pieces. Right. So that's why we're called human beings. That's right. And when we change and grow within ourselves, a tremendous amount changes in relationships all over. A hundred percent. Oh, my gosh. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Thank you very, very much. And you should You're only welcome. have a koyach to be able to give over the information to call Yisrael with gizint. Amen. That's right. And you should have so Yeshivadas to be able to do your holy work. Yes. Amen. And you too. And just Amen. continue. Listen to me. Do the inner growth. Go to a therapist. Go to a person. And the focus is only me. When I take my sessions, it's only me. I am triggered. This happened to me. How can I grow? How is this happening over and over? Where are patterns going on? How can I learn from my mistakes with the person that's at hand now? So if there's an issue, if there's an issue with communication, let's say with the child and, and with five other people or two other people, how can I work out with the easiest person first? And as we focus on that, then things change. Good. Thank you. And we are going to Mrs. B. Mrs. B, Hi. you're on with Mordechai and Arav Nissen. Hi, Rabbi Mordechai. It's beautiful. You had a, your answer to the last caller was so beautiful. I, I was so inspired just by the answer you gave her. Thank you. Can I ask you which part did you appreciate from the answer? I appreciated. I I, I feel like I've seen her growth. How you learn oh. to without getting upset, without getting 
just slowly creep into her. Oh, it was so gorgeous how you were able to communicate the message of of how she needs to learn to listen. Yeah. Yes. That's it. And and we all have that. I mean, it's not just her. We're all human. I need to learn. There are so many lessons that I'm still working on to get. We're all in the working process, but what was so beautiful was how you were able to speak on Thursday without even getting excited or nervous or so even keeled. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's It's nice that you can appreciate and see the, the skill or the work that we do to get there. Thank you. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful answer. Thank you so much. Great. Did you have a question? Um, I, I guess once I'm on the line, I, I could throw in a question. Yeah. Um, I had a story where I spoke to my niece, and I uh, crossed a little bit of a boundary. Um, I spoke about things I should have not, and I made a mistake. And now my sister was very upset at me, which I understood. I made a mistake. Uh, My question is, now she's in control of the relationship, basically, because I feel so bad that I made this mistake. Yeah. My question is, do I keep it this way? Do I just let her control it? And when she wants, you know, I don't. She told me I don't want her. She doesn't want me talking to anyone in the family. My question is: Is do I just keep it like that and let it stay like that? Uh, let's understand what happened. You had a relationship with a cousin, with a niece. You made a mistake, and she's upset. You crossed the boundary. Okay. And she told me now she doesn't want me to talk to any of her kids or anyone in her family, which I understood. But but now I don't really talk to anyone. And should, do I just keep it like that and say? I feel okay. that family is important to so let's try it this way. Let's 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 change the terms and look at it on on a different level. You cross the boundary with a niece. She got hurt. Now she doesn't feel she can trust you with, let's say, her children. Absolutely. So what the process is is you repair the relationship with her, and once she trusts you, very likely, very likely, she'll now allow you to have a relationship. So the question or the conversation that I'd be having with your niece is as follows. So we'll use the name Rifki because my wife's name is Rifki. So we'll go, hi, Rifki. I see that I really hurt you since that time. You really don't want to speak to your children because you don't feel safe. I can understand that. What can I do to repair the relationship that you will feel safe to feel comfortable for me to speak to them? And what do you think she will reply? I'm still so hurt. I don't really want, I don't trust you with my children. Oh, I understand that, and I won't. Now, my question is, what can I do to repair the relationship? That you should start trusting me. Maybe not now. Maybe a month from now. Maybe six months from now. What can we start doing? I hear. What do you think she will say? Even first to work on repairing the relationship with the sister-in-law. I thought you said niece. Right. My niece was offended, but now my sister-in-law was upset at me. 
oh, your sister-in-law is upset. So, yes, so first you start with your sister-in-law, and then, oh, I got it. I misunderstood it. I understood that you had an older niece that got hurt, and therefore she doesn't want you speaking to her child. I didn't realize it's your sister-in-law that doesn't want you speaking to her daughter, the niece, that you hurt. Right, so your first, right, first you would be repairing the relationship with your sister-in-law and telling her, you're right, I overstepped my boundaries. What can I do for you to start so that we can have an open, trusting conversation? Excellent. Okay. It's tough one, but I hear it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's recognize that. And for everyone listening, what changes when you take ownership? Because you're able to say clearly, I made a mistake. What changes when you said, I made a mistake, and what are some of the boundaries that you need to have for you to feel comfortable, for you to feel safe? What changes is you took ownership, and the person feels they can actually trust you because it's now discussed open. And you will set the boundaries, and if you cross the boundaries, you also know the price. The price is you won't be trusted. I hear. You know, the price is you might not be allowed in, you know, emotionally or to talk or whatever it should be. Part of the tru- part of the trust might even be that she'll tell you, I want you to make up to repair the damage you did with Denise. Ravnissa, what do you say to this? Uh. Go to a therapist, and I did that. What does that mean? You should go to a therapist and do what? To to figure out why you crossed the boundaries, and I did that. Okay, and now you tell her. So you tell, look, I went to a therapist. We discussed why I broke the boundaries. Now, what's the next step? Now, what's the next step? So the next step would be to call her and um, ask her, what can I do? What else can I do? And you might even say, I learned some tools how not to cross the boundary. I realized why I crossed the boundary. Because I cared. Because I, I felt that if I won't teach her, she'll never learn. And I learned now to let go. And whatever happens is from Hashem. Right. Yeah. Do I have to explain her the reason I broke the boundary or no? She's probably going to want to know what it is because she's going to want to understand how do we make sure it doesn't happen again. Remember, part of it's going to be she's not feeling safe around you. So do I explain it? That's your choice now. Do you want to explain it or not? Do you still have a choice? Just be aware. If you don't explain it, she might see, but then I don't trust you. I don't know why you did that. I hear you don't have to. It's always your choice. Just saying the relationship might depend on that. Right. Yeah. Very, very clear. Great, great, great topic. But it could be dangerous when you explain it. It could be that, you know, in, in other excuses. I would say in the minute that you admit that you like, m- create a mistake, you did a mistake, it's... It's forgive, you know, forgiving, uh, and you can say, it, okay, I really, wa- I didn't thought that it would be uh, so wrong, but uh, to give excuses could be that some it will sound like excuses and something that uh, it's not from the heart. What do you think? Yeah. I didn't really hear what you said. I said that sometimes when you give excuses and you give you give him uh, the reason and it sounds like excuse, you know, that you still you still stay staying on your okay you still staying on your position, 
and you give an excuse why you did it. But if when you said I'm, I was wrong from the beginning and I didn't ex uh, thought so, it will be much better, in my opinion. I was concerned that, you know, maybe it sounds like I'm giving excuses and I'm not That's um, using a full real apology. That's All right, but on the other hand, okay. you actually went to a therapist. You requested you go and you did it. That's very positive. That's a big step. And I really learned a, a big lesson and a moral why and how and what happened, why. Yes. Okay. Excellent. Thank you for calling up. Thank you for being so open. Harav Nissen, we yes. go to Mrs. W. Yeah, Mrs. W. One second. Hello, Mrs. Mrs. W. On with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Thank you. I recently had PTA for my son, who was a young elementary grade boy. And yeah. the rabbi and the teacher was speaking how he's a little bit of a perfectionist. Um, I don't really see it at home, but they were. I was wondering if you have any tips of. They they do think that it affects them a little bit in school. Um, how I could. I think that's his nature. I'm not going to change his nature, but how I could. Um, help him. Um, I guess not. It's such a general question that we. It's very difficult for me to answer a question like that. It's almost like I'll be telling you, I want to bake a cake. How do I bake a cake? Mm -hmm. We don't even know if we're talking about chocolate, cinnamon. We don't know if we're talking about a seven, a several-layered cake. We're talking about a small one. We, we have, the, your question is so vague that I wouldn't even know where to start. Mm -hmm. um, should I try to be more specific? or? First, how old is your son? Six. So, okay, it's under the age of eight. Okay, is this your oldest son, your oldest child? Yes. Right. All right, what exactly did the Rebbe say? The Rebbe had started out that when, we, when, he, when he calls him up separately to do Korea, he will tense up. And he really, he, does, he knows Korea. Like, he, he, at home I don't see him tensing. And so I, I, so he was a little concerned, like why he has to be perfect. Like maybe he's afraid that it has to be perfect before he says it, or anything that he does. He just it has to be perfect, so he does now at certain points throughout the day. See him tensing so up. So are you or your husband the perfectionist and tense up when things have to go when you do things? So really, none of us are. We're both pretty much the opposite. Does that make sense at all? Um, I'm, I'm a little baffled by that, because generally when the parents are internally chilled, they sort of have the kid relax. There's, an, there's a chilledness out there. So maybe you're relaxed, but do you have expectations? Are you sometimes competitive on the outside, socially? Not really. No? I wouldn't think that I am, nor my, what I think my husband is. But maybe... You, th you think that it for sure is uh, hereditary? 
No, but there's a lot in the environment that, that can help, that can change. But we've been also wrong many times. It means there are a lot of skills out there to help children do that. So you practice them doing it in front of someone. You do it first. There's a lot out there. So it's, it's, these are skills where the parent is very much involved. When you do skills like this, when you go, let's say, to a therapist with a six-year-old, parents are very involved. It means a large part of the therapy is then going to be practice. A large part of the therapy process is practicing it at home. What am I practicing at home? whatever suggestions and advice you're going to have. I can't give you one-on-one tips and skills without seeing your son. Mm -hmm. But you would try for it. I'll just give you a little bit. You would try Mm -hmm. bringing a neighbor in and then have him do the Kriya. You try bringing in two, three other people. Now let him do Kriya in front of four or five people because maybe at home it's one-on-one attention, but in a class it's very normal to sometimes freeze up. So we're going to teach him how to speak in front of groups. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's normal for kids. I would ask the Rebbe if this is also his first year teaching or if he taught others. And if there are little stuff the Rebbe can do to help this kid, maybe just stand and just answer some questions, not Korea, but get used to being in front or public. Mm-hmm. But until I don't speak to the Rebbe and I don't see your child and I don't hear all the details of what's happening, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. Thank you for okay, the call. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. We are going to Mrs. R. Mrs. R, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hello. Hi. Hello. Yeah. Hi. Um, okay. I have a question. Um, when I heard one of your speeches and I was talking about codependent. Yeah. It seems yes. like, Hello? I don't know. Hello? Yes. I think like, we got disconnected. Okay. So let's go to uh, Mrs. F. Mrs. F, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Yeah, Hello? hi. Yes. I have a question. Yeah. Hi. Um, first of all, I'm very inspired by all the answers that you give. Thank you. And um, I wanted to know, um, I, I have someone that I'm very close with. But recently, it's not so, because um, I have an issue, a very private issue that's going on in my life, and she keeps on, like, bothering me. She knows I want to keep it private, and she keeps on, like, bothering me and asking me, asking me, not me, she's asking, like, a family member tons of questions about me. So lately, I can't face her anymore. I used to be very close with her, but I I just get so nervous from her. Like she know she knows that it's private. So like, why is she coming into my business when I really want to keep her private? So and I just can't face her anymore. And she doesn't know that I know because right. that family member is telling me that she keeps on bothering her and asking tons of questions. She's asking like a few people questions about me and that's why I can't face her welcome to the problem of secrets this is the problem of secrets almost calling it I don't want to use the word but almost like Nakama like Rechilos this is the problem of secrets you know that she's calling 
but they're probably telling you, don't tell her that I told you. So you're angry. She might be doing it because she cares and she wants to help. And no one is gaining, and everyone's being her. It's not a secret. I mean, she knows about it, but it's a very private issue. No one would want to talk That's about it. That's not my point. I don't mean a secret. What's your issue? You're allowed to keep secrets. The secret is that you're not calling up this friend directly. And you're not telling this because friend, I know that you're asking, and I ask you to please keep my, my issues or, or this I can't issue private. Just respect my she's privacy. Gonna, she's going to ask me how I know that she knows. And you'll and tell her, well, this one told me. going to be mad at my family member. Ah, so that's the secrets that I told you. Your family member is, I would be beneficial if she could be strong enough to tell you that you can say, yes. I told her, because it's private, and I told her. And don't ask. If you want to be friends, respect her privacy. That's simple. Well, who should I tell? This friend, please, I know you went over to my cousin or my brother or my sister. You asked. If you want us to remain friends, this subject has to be off the topic. Can you respect my wishes, yes or no? I'm just scared to tell her because then she's going to Now, do you realize, at, let's at stop here. Remember. That's the beauty that I want to have everyone listen. The issue is not that she is curious. The issue is that you're not able to set a boundary. You might think that you said it so clear. Well, she might think that you didn't. I wonder if you told her that clear right now that please do not ask anything about this subject. Officially, I don't know that she knows. So I, I have a very hard time dealing with this. Let me explain to you why. Because I'm a believer when you discuss things open. And you tell the friend, I asked you not to, I asked to respect my privacy. I found out that you're not. And that's why I have a difficulty being your friend. If you'd like to speak to you now, if you'd like to continue our relationship, I'm going to need you to not ask. And know that even if you tell people, don't tell, it's going to get back to me. That's just how the world works. Okay. Fine. Thank you so much for your advice. You're very, very welcome. Thank you. Okay. Good night. Good night. I think that uh, Shmirat HaLashon is very important here, you know, and this tells all the the people around us. Don't try not to listen to HaLashon HaRa, you know. That's right. This is something that uh, to tell your cousin or uh, it's a relative, Tell them, you know what, I don't want to listen to Lashon and that's it. And this also we can stop, you know, trying to stop. Yes. Okay, we'll go to, back to Mrs. Mrs. R, okay? Okay, going back to Mrs. R. Hi, you're on with Mordechai and her of Nissan. Hello. Yes, hi. Okay, so I was asking my question. I heard on one of your speeches 
about like codependence and people who like find constantly find themselves in the same situation where they're constantly being the giver and they're constantly finding themselves back in these situations and I didn't fully understand exactly why they keep finding themselves in abusive situations. Let's leave out the word abusive situations because there are two very different concepts that we're talking about now. Okay? okay? There's something codependent and then there's something abusive situations. Can we separate the two? Sure. They don't always go together. Codependents are just people that have a that look on the outside. Let's define codependence in a simple way. Codependents are people that are nice, they care about everyone, they want to help everyone, and here's a little but. They have a difficulty setting healthy boundaries. They have a difficulty saying no at times. And they have a difficulty sometimes saying yes when the yes is hard. When you need to tell someone, yes, you will have to do a certain step, means a leadership ability. So now let's just understand this concept. Imagine in this world, you have a best friend, and the best friend needs help, but it's at the time when you need to study for homework, or it's a time we have to take care of your wife or your kids or put the kids to sleep, or it's a time that you're supposed to work, or it's a time where you need to take care of your health, but you don't know how to say no. What happens? Can you finish the sentence? What happens when the person can't say no? They end up doing the wrong thing and not what is important for them. That's right. So what happens is they end up helping the other person. But let's stop there. This is the lie that the world sees. And they say this person is so nice because they help the other person. Now let's go to the codependent people. Do you know what really happens to codependent people that no one likes to talk about publicly? These codependent people get very angry on the inside of people. And they have a negative view saying people are users. They don't go around saying how nice the world is. When people are codependent, they're full of pain because they feel that they're taken advantage of by the world. They feel that when they ask someone for a favor, they almost will never ask a favor, and they're hurt. Why don't people offer me help? Correct? Or am I making this up? Hello, Mrs. R? Yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Are you agreeing? I'd like to know first if you're agreeing with that. Yeah, 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 completely. Good. Now let's take it a step further. So these codependent people don't know how to say no, that now they've started with a new theory. They're almost making a new Shulchan Aruch, a new Masil Yisharim of saying no is the worst thing in the world. You have to give and give and give. But you know what the problem is? They're usually giving and giving on everyone's, everyone close to their cheshven, means on their husband or their wife's cheshven, on their kid's cheshven. And then they're exhausted, and do you know who they really yell at and who they're frustrated at? Their children. Because children and spouses are like we consider like our own body. So just like I could be mocker of myself, I can sacrifice myself So my husband and my kids I can sacrifice. Or my wife and my kids I can sacrifice. But do you know who's the ones that suffer? The spouse and the kids suffer and the person themselves. So therefore, let's understand, codependents are wonderful people. They mean well. 
The only issue is that they are weak. They don't know how to say no. And therefore, when you can't say no to certain places, you're actually saying no to yourself and to close ones. And a lot of codependent people are walking around with inner pain at the world. Now, that's step one. Now let's go to why you said why codependent people sometimes bring abuse in their life over and over. Let me explain to you very simple. Do you ever get telemarketer calls? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Now, do you actually spend like a half hour with them on the phone, 45 minutes with them on the phone? No. What do you do when they call? Um, Either hang up right away or do not call us. That's right. So what happens is, if you will not set a boundary, a limit with them, what would happen? To waste my life away on the phone. That's right. They will keep on getting you, and you'll be busy with it the entire time. So what needs to happen is to set a boundary. People that are abusive, there are abusive people out there. Unfortunately, they're not healthy. But what Hashem has done is has given us the ability to set a boundary, to say stop. People that are codependent, amongst their goodness, where they want to help people, part of their goodness is they were not taught how to set boundaries. They were taught if you ever say no or set a boundary, you're bad. So therefore, what happens if there's an unhealthy relationship or when you meet people and there is someone that does not have the ability to say no? know what will happen? They now got you hooked, and they will take advantage of you. Does you that make sense? What do you mean by they'll sense? take advantage of you? What? What do you mean by they'll take advantage of you? Well, just like the telemarketer, what would happen? Right. Okay. You can't say no. They're there the entire time. Right. So therefore, what happens in relationships are, if you don't know how to say no, then abusive situations will come over, will be repeating itself over and over and over. And therefore, part of what we learn and what we teach people are how to set boundaries and how to start saying no. And when you start saying no, you start learning to how to block and how to stop abusive situations. All right? All right. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. So at this time, I would like to thank everyone for calling up and asking a question on the jrootradio.com. Really appreciate it. And we are looking forward to taking your questions, your comments, Merit Hashem, next week. Hatzlacha, and have a wonderful evening. Thank you. I just want to remind our dear listeners that uh, we have some technical uh difficulty and through the lines so just uh go follow this number 712-432-4217 712-432-4217 or 718-506-9099 or go this uh i would say uh go to jrootradio.com or jrootradio pro if you have the apps and this is the best way. Yeah. And Bezat Hashem, uh, we will uh, over all our difficulty, you know, 
Yeah. As always, the, the devil is playing a game. Right. Us. So these numbers are where you're able to hear J-Root radios, all their programs that they have. While it's going on, it's going on on the phone line. You can hear it, and you can hear it online. Thank you very much, and good night. Have a wonderful evening, everyone. Hatzlacha.